Because I can control the weather, they call me Storm. Welcome to This Week in Nerd News, your one-stop shop for all of the pop culture you may have missed this week. Brought to you by the Black Nerd Problems Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Victoria Bertin. I'm your host, Paul Snyder. And I'm your host, Keith Ree Cleveland. So today's podcast is a very special episode because it's being recorded two days after Mikkel's birthday and two days before Keith's birthday. And what better way to celebrate the average of those two days than with a birthday episode? So yes, today is absolutely a birthday episode celebrating Mikkel and Keith. And, you know, there's nothing else to celebrate today on the 4th of July. So while we're bringing you some news segments, we're also bringing some backstory and exposition and song about two of your co-hosts of this podcast. So, Mikkel, take it away. Happy birthday! Woohoo! Why did I agree to sing for all of you? <laughs> you know you want to. Why did I drink soda before this? It's fine. Okay. Um... <clears throat> This is from a fairly modern Millie. We'll talk about that in like, in about like 30 seconds after I sing this, so. Piper shows ya dama, washin bushin go kun yian la, jisheng wo wo boo ya badario, jisheng wo wo boo ya. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about everything that just happened here. Um, Please. As as any of our longtime listeners have have known and have probably heard, like I was I was a theater kid. Um, But my my particular brand of theater kid comes by way of I lived in a predominantly like white neighborhood, uh, Howard County in Maryland, which at the time was like the third richest county in the U.S. Lots of stuff to unpack there. Important thing to note here is that I was one of like the few known Asian American uh, students in my high school, and I was one of like the only ones who was not like in orchestra, band, or sports. And like I was in the choir. And unrelated to that, I was like the only guy in choir in my class, like freshman and sophomore year. So my junior year comes around. Like this is a known quantity. I'm not the only guy in the choir anymore, but like it's just like okay. And I'm just sitting at lunch one day, and then the theater kids who, who I am familiar with just come up to me and sort of like, hey, do you want an audition for a musical? And I'm just sort of like, I, I sure, why not? I could be more social. I, I don't like people, but I, I, I can try this, and this will be fun. And said musical was a fairly modern Millie. And fairly modern Millie is a, is a musical about... Uh, a human trafficking ring in New York and a stenographer who wants to find love. And that, that is a very brief, abbreviated version of what that musical is. Um, and I think about the fact that I was cast as an Asian henchman a lot in high school. Because, um, like, ultimately, this was, like, a good positive experience for me that has made me more social. It got me into, like, a lot of, like, thinking about pop culture critically and, like, everything about that. But at the same time, kind of messed up. <laughs> Think about it a lot. 
But yeah, so like I I developed a fondness for musicals and theaters, and since then, like a lot of the media I consume has has reflected that. We've talked about my love for a crazy ex-girlfriend more than once. Uh, me and Keith had bonded over Zoe's Infinite Playlist, which that that show grew on me. Uh, the first episodes were sort of like, what is this? And then by the end, it's like, oh, they're doing some really cool stuff here. Um, but like, I love media. I love the mixing of media. That, that's why I've always gravitated towards comics. That's why I've gravitated towards like experimenting with like what we can do with a variety of things. Um, and like, Keith saw this firsthand, but like I spent most of the weeks leading up to my birthday sort of like compiling all of my childhood into a Discord as a virtual museum because we're still in a pandemic and I'm bored. Um, so like that's a fun experience, but like that's me as a nerd just like compiling esoteric information constantly and thinking about it critically because like that's what we're supposed to do with this endless font of stuff that we have. So yeah, do, sh- should I just go into my new segment now? Or do you want to unpack everything? No, no, that no. Is we need a time to speak. We need to address <laughs> what just happened at the collective. First of all, sir, when you tossed out the idea of a song, I had no idea it was going to be a song that she tied into like your origin story that meant so much to you. Here I am, just like finding a song that I like to sing, and I'm going to share that. Now I'm a little ashamed. Second of all. Thank you for sharing. And just to give a little background context to our listeners, this is not just us being very, very narcissistic. That's not what this is. We're trying to share more of ourselves with you so you get to know us and connect with us on a deeper level and stuff like that. This perfect opportunity to do so. With that being the case, Mikhail just killed that by telling us everything we need to learn about him in a very short amount of time. And I just wanted to say happy birthday to you, sir. And thank you for the Discord thing you did because, like you said, I can't really go to an action museum right now. So going to a digital one to learn about my friend was really fun. I just love how you casually were like, it's about a sex trafficking ring in New York and some stenographer. It's fine. Moving on. Like, (laughs) oh, oh, okay. Um, I mean, I guess it's not any weirder than high schools, like, forcing people to do Romeo and Juliet, which is one of my big issues with high school. (laughs) But yeah, I am I'm just super excited to learn more about my friends and I have not gone to your digital museum yet, but I have it slated for this weekend because I actually have time off for that other thing that we don't celebrate. There's so, nothing else to celebrate. What are you talking about? Nothing else to celebrate. No no idea. Alright, so now that we have my brief exposition out of the way, what better news segment to segue into than the weirdest intersection of esoteric knowledge, animation, and off-brand comedy than talking about a revival of Clone High? Um, If you're unfamiliar with Clone High, which I imagine you probably are, um, it is this 2003 series from Phil Lord and Chris Miller, and it was about a top-secret government project to clone history's greatest leaders and use the powers for nefarious means, and instead they just got a whole bunch of teenagers, and then they had to put them in high school to try to educate them. And then it stars Abraham Lincoln, who has a crush on Cleopatra and his best friends of Gandhi, and that's, that's as weird as a sentence as I've ever said on this podcast before. But it's actually like a really fun series. It had one season, and it, you can only find it on DVD pretty much. So like seeing that it's getting a revival 17 y- late years later is very weird. Like, I don't know why this is happening. 
Which is a lie, because I do know exactly why this is happening. Lord and Miller have become household names thanks to the Lego movie and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So it's not surprising that MTV is capitalizing on their presence in, like, the, the sphere of influence that they have. But, like, Clone High was weird, y'all. Clone High was, like, fun, but, like, it was it was a very particular type of, like, history nerd, like, weird. And, like, they had, like, ten JFKs. Like, and that was just something that we accepted. And, like, it was, it was odd. It was odd. As a history nerd, it sounds odd, but also I feel like I'm going to watch it. Um, I also went to John F. Kennedy Catholic School for the first part of my educational career. So I feel like the fact that there is 10 JFKs is, is actually slightly historical historically accurate. I feel like there were like four actual ones. And then a couple more if you add in like people whose names start with J but isn't John. So, you know, maybe that's fine. Um, but yeah, it sounds really kooky and cool, which is kind of the thing that I like. So I definitely watched the show when it was on TV because that was when I was still young enough to think that anything animated was meant for me, which was very, very far from the truth. But it was a show that, from the nostalgia standpoint and the kids' standpoint, I remember being very fun but very weird. It's kind of like a toned-down version of Drawn Together, if you remember that show at all, because that was a very, very wild animated show that I should not have watched at all. But um, I do remember that about Clone High. One more thing, too, is I don't know how involved he was with it the final product, but I know Bill Lawrence, the creator of Scrubs, was also involved with the creation of um, Clone High, and I'm like a big fan of his and Scrubs, and he's on the Scrubs podcast they're doing right now that I listen to twice a week and stuff, So that, and they talked about it, actually. So knowing that we might get this comeback now through a 2020 lens that won't be quite, which gives it more freedom to do more, but also have more appropriate content, I think, will be really good. And also, like, isn't a cool way to learn history, right? Because, like, my favorite shows, cartoons have always been the ones to get to, like, learn something from. Like that weird time travel cartoon that was on Cartoon Network that I forget the name of right now. We talk about Netflix shows a lot here at Black Nerd Problems. As much as we try, though, there's always a delay between our thoughts and what's on the screen. Wiretap has a solution for that. Wiretap is an extension that you can put on so that when you're watching Netflix, you'll be watching a movie or a show, and as you're watching, comments from other people will pop up. It's kind of like watching television with your friends, but they don't actually have to like be in the same place or time with you. It's a better version of live tweeting because you're not flipping between screens. Instead of going on Twitter to talk about what you've seen, you're staying on Netflix and you're talking about what you're seeing in real time on Netflix and other people will see those comments as well. You can start a community that way. I could see Nicole talking about uh, what she likes on Sabrina the Teenage Witch or what she doesn't like about Sabrina the Teenage Witch and I can like or not. Can you dislike? I'm not sure. Well, it's Nicole, so I'm going to like what she says anyway because that's Nicole and she's never wrong. <laughs> I follow Omar, so I see all of his comments, and like I follow a bunch of the other people from BNP, so I follow like Mikkel and Brittany and a bunch of our writers, so when I'm watching a show, their comments will pop up. It's not flooded, though. Uh, when the comments pop up, it isn't like 16 at a time. It's who you want to see, and not many random people, unless 
those comments have been liked a lot, so some of you might enjoy. It's kind of tailored to you, but there is an algorithm to it that doesn't uh, make it feel like you're being bombarded or flooded like on another app that we might not mention here, Twitter. Uh, <laughs> and so it, there's no bombardment with that. It's like pop-up video, except your friends are the ones who are popping up. Their algorithm is actually really, really good because there's a couple people who um, I have never met before, but like, I appreciate their commentary. <laughs> and now I follow them and I can like thumbs up their comments and it makes sense. I'm like, I don't know you, but I really enjoy your humor. It's like when you're at a movie and in your head, you're like, yo, you shouldn't have gone through that door. I told you not to go through that door. Like you're commenting like that. It's like live commentary with friends about, well, that was a stupid decision. Let me tell you why that was dumb. And these, uh, well, I got, I got like what, 58 characters, 120 characters. Let me tell you why that was a stupid decision in 120 characters. It is really like watching a movie or show with a living room full of people, except like you can just legit be in your underwear eating ice cream because they're not actually there, but all of their comments are there. That's how I watch shows with people when they're here or not. That's not, that's not what people do. I liked wiretapping Spider-Verse just because Omar and Brittany were in the movie with me. And that was like, it was really just legit like watching it with like people I like. I like watching anime and doing wiretap because you're guaranteed more a more ludicrous thing will happen there. But like when it's something like maybe serious or like slightly dramatic, it's a fun thing to wiretap. I mean, uh, never have I ever, but that's a great thing to wiretap because uh, look, man, I don't know any minorities that can call their mom uh, the B word and uh, still be alive the next scene. I don't know about nope. that. I don't know. I don't nope. know where they do that. I don't know what fiction that exists in because not not in this time that I know. And I had to comment about that. There was a lot of things to comment on in that show. It's also validating, right? Because you'll be watching it in your house and just like looking around for like the other person. Like, yo, you, you hear her say that? And then I type it. Yes, I did hear her say that. And this is why. And, and the fact that she's still breathing, that there wasn't a transition scene that was just black and her waking up in her room or still outside at nighttime is appalling to me. Nicole, how easy was it to download for you? I went to the, I guess, the Google store and downloaded the Chrome. <laughs> I love when Nicole's talking about something, even though she knows she's talking about, she'll have like that upward inflection about it. I'm, like, I'm not, uh, I think, I know I It was a long time ago. <laughs> it's memento, Nicole. <laughs> I don't, I don't, listen, man, just get this goddamn program, man. What the, what are we doing here? <laughs> easy to get the wiretap app all i have to do is go to like wiretap.co or go onto your google chrome and just download the extension from there i'm pretty sure that's right download it from there <laughs> it was easy that's all i remember i feel like that's the important thing it was easy it took me like less than a minute to download wiretap <laughs> there should be an upward inflection emoji why is there not an upward inflection emoji find out more about wiretap on their website at www.wiretap.co or download the Chrome extension from the Chrome Web Store. So, um, this is a song that I just heard yesterday and for fair warning for anyone out there, it's going to be pitchy, it's going to be out of tune, it's going to be everything because I think for joy, not for quality. You'll be back Soon you'll see, you'll remember you. Nope, not doing that. <laughs> I lost it. I lost it. Okay, fine. You, was, you were doing so good, man. Okay. You were doing yeah, so you got good. this. All right, I got this. You were right. doing so good. You got this. You'll be back. Soon you'll see, you'll remember you belong to me. You'll be back. 
Time will tell. You'll remember that I served you well. Oceans rise, empires fall. We have seen each other through it all. And when push comes to shove, I will send a fully armed battalion to remind you of my love. Da 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 I guess. I don't sing in front of people often. But I did watch Hamilton for the very first time yesterday. And up to this point, I showed great patience by intentionally not hearing any of the songs. So I wanted to experience it all as a whole first and see what I was hearing. It was amazing. I love it. I kind of want to watch it again tonight, even though it's two and a half hours. And I plan to do so. So that's why I went in and showed that because it ties into my own brand of nerdiness and everything. And I couldn't think of a better nerdy song to sing that wasn't in Japanese. I'm not doing that. It, it was Chinese to... to no, to that's about me. Clear. I was going to sing an anime theme song. And I'm like, let me not do that. Oh, wow. That's why I'm okay. like, you know what? I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only thing I could think of. I'm like, you know what? Not even. Not even. <laughs> so I started to go with like Hamilton's You'll Be Back instead. That's what that is. But um, as far as my nerdy origin story goes and everything, my nerddom is kind of more of a jack-of-all-trades thing. Like... I've never gotten completely 100% invested into any particular brand of nerddom, just an amalgamation of a bunch of different things. So, like, my earliest memories of all this stuff come to watching Justice League and Batman Animated Series and stuff from DCAU when I was a kid. My aunt and I actually got close because she would watch it because she could enjoy it, but I watched it too. And that was kind of my bedrock of nerddom. And then as time went on, I started reading the comic book versions of those stories to, like, kind of add more life to them. But there were plenty of pit stops in between. Like... My life was very confusing, as you can see, as far as interests go. Um, at one point in time, I wanted to be like a music critic, so I just spent a year writing for hip hop blogs, and I would go to like my college town's record store and just buy random records that I would play like twice and just put there for decoration. But one day, I turned around and saw that right behind the record store wall, they had all of these old comic books, and I just started looking through and finding that stuff. And then shortly afterwards, when I had like 50 old books that I read through, I found BNP. And now it's kind of Black Nerd Problems has been wonderful because we are all the collection of people with our own nerdy interests. And that has allowed me to dive even deeper into these interests that I already had, but give me like guidance and like shepherds to kind of like steer me on my way besides diving in head first. So, I mean, this is where I talk to people to find out the random anime to watch. And as you know, like I'm team dub over sub because I'm a creature of convenience. That's who I am. Um, like comic books, I started reviewing those Black Nerd Problems when I first got here five years ago. And I think after reviewing comments for like five years or so, you kind of can just say that you're in the community at this point because I've read more comics that I've reviewed critically than I probably ever did up to that point in my life and everything, right? So it's a lot of fun. But I just like writing for BNP being involved because anything that involves in nerddom, which from my personal definition is anything you can have an intense passion for, they kind of let you just go for. So that could be like musicals like Hamilton. I even sing songs from Dear Evan Hansen, which... I have different feelings about, but still, I like the music. Um, always in the movies and TV shows and all that stuff, too. But yes, this is my playground, essentially. And my latest adventure was into Hamilton, which I will explore again later on today. So enough about me. We'll do more of that, like, next year. 
Wait, 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 wait. So, so as a fellow person who also grew up on the DC animated universe, I, I do have one question to ask you. What was your favorite Justice League episode? Oh, favorite Justice League episode. Um, or arc. Right, Because, yeah. like, they did that whole serialized thing where, like, they had the four parts yeah, yeah, that you like... had to watch one a day every week to make sure you were caught up. Exactly. Like, I especially actually, like, watched Benjamin after the fact to catch up on all that stuff. Um... I think one of the, one of the favorites that comes to mind right now actually is probably the Superman story. What do you get the man who has everything? I probably butchered that name, but like he has a secret fortress in Antarctica and is the strongest person on the planet. What do you get him? And it was like this really passionate, powerful story about what his life could look like if he had everything he wanted, and him having to come to terms with: Do I want to stay here in this trance where I'm trapped in this world that I always wanted? Or do I want to, like, accept the fact that this isn't real and go back to the real world and leave behind this fantasy world? And that was just a really powerful, compelling thing. There are plenty of others because that show is just gold, top to bottom, and I love it. But that's the first one that comes to mind that I really appreciate. So, fun fact, that is one of the few adaptions of Alan Moore's work that he has, like, stamped his approval on. Really? Yeah. Huh. (laughs) Okay. That, I mean, I still love it, but that's really cool. Hmm. All right, but yeah, there are also plenty of them. Like, that was also my introduction to Jon Stewart, and I'm all for black superhero characters. And I'm like, that's my guy right there. He's mine. So I definitely, like, latched on to him really quickly. Well, happy birthday to you. Happy early birthday. So, because I, I think I told Mikel, like, twice now. So, happy birthday again. Now we're even. Everybody's good. But I, I really I really relate to your story of kind of, like, picking up things from here and there that just kind of turn into this your own form of nerddom and I think that that's kind of how a lot of people find their way into nerddom um, especially because we are we are in that kind of last generation of you growing up like nerd was a bad word kind of you know like you didn't want to be the nerd and so then you end up as an adult and you're like oh yeah that's yep I am <laughs> oh so I, I think a lot of people really relate to that. Yeah, for sure. Like, I actually shied away from my nerd for a good gap. Like, it was definitely all through childhood. And then in high school, I tried to, like, hide it more in my first half of college. And then my junior year, I moved in with some really cool nerdy roommates who I still talk to now where we would spend our weekends binging Death Note or, like, Star Wars and just reading comics every day. And that's why I just learned to embrace who I am and just enjoy it. And it's just been a whole journey ever since then. So it's, like, part catch-up, but part just embracing things from the past, too. So it's been a lot of fun. But speaking of, during that very important period of embracing my nerddom, there's one property that I relate to so much that I still love to this day. It's on my background for my phone and my computer and everything else. As a birthday gift for me that will benefit all of us, it appears we might be getting a Scott Pilgrim reboot of some sort in the future. Now, it's not quite going to be a sequel film because, let's be honest, the first movie made exactly $0 in the box office back in 2010. But Edgar Wright, the director of the cult classic film, did say this week he's interested in revisiting the world, perhaps through an animated series. And to make matters even better, creator of the comic book Brian Lee O'Malley is actually involved in the negotiations with how to do that. So it looks like they actually might get a stamp of approval from the creator versus being some offshoot, random, non-canon project that would be really weird and probably off-base, right? And in more Scott Pilgrim news, 
The cast of the film all got together over Zoom in May for a script reading for a charity event. So at some point in time in the, in the foreseeable future, we'll actually get even more of that goodness, get to watch them reading all that. And in case you forget how amazing that is, we should probably take a second to recognize how incredibly stacked the cast of the Scott Pilgrim film was. Like, in no particular order, because they all had different peaks and valleys in their careers, we got to have Chris Evans, Brie Larson, Anna Kendrick, Michael Sarah, Brandon Routh, Kieran Culkin, Aubrey Plaza, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead, and a couple more people, I think Bill Hader had a minor role too, all in one movie. That's ridiculous. So when we finally get to see all of them on Zoom redo the script in their 2020 versions of themselves, that's going to be amazing. I think even rivals the Zoom that we got at the Lord of the Rings cast at some point. At the uh, start of the, the, the longest month ever, because I'm still not convinced it's not March, a friend of mine invited me to a bunch of comic book uh, nerds uh, doing a live watch of, of uh, Scott Pilgrim on Netflix via one of the apps. And it's such a fun, bizarre movie. And Scott Pilgrim is a horrible, horrible person. And like, I think I think we for, I forget that in the past because sort of like this movie is like bubbly and fun, and it's just this pure expression of like joy and like the esoteric nerdy references that I love because like that thing referenced everything. But yeah, like like there were just lines that just like, oh god, how did I not like just cringe in my theater seat when I saw that? Good god. Um, but like I love I love the movie. I love that it does sort of unpack that sort of like entitled nerd trope that that is prevalent and horrible. And like I also love looking at the cast list and being sort of like this is the genesis of like DC and Marvel movies because like every one of those people you've listed essentially have appeared in either a Marvel movie or a DC movie or DC property. Um, so it's it's why I think Michael Sarah is the only Michael Sarah and Anna Kendrick are the only ones on that list that haven't appeared, and maybe Kieran Culkin. Um, but it's 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 a great cast. It's a great series. Um, I love the animated tie-ins they did with the movie. So if they made an animated series, I wouldn't be upset. It just it's fun. It's colorful, and Edgar Wright like he he knows how to make something look good. Yeah, I loved this movie. I loved it for those kind of animated tie-ins, especially when he has, like, where he gets to replay the end part and, like, gets different rewards. That was like, yes, I remember this thing. But also, this movie came out when I, the black girl, was at Notre Dame. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was like... Oh, this explains, like, all of my friends. (laughs) I understand now. And it gave me a little bit more sensitivity to, like, the struggles with just, like, existing in the real world that a lot of the people in my life at the time were having. So, I appreciate this movie on multiple levels, and I'm super excited that we could have a reboot of some sort. I think that that would be great. And yeah, it definitely was an epic cast. Yeah, I mean, I, if you know me personally, you know I love Scott Pilgrim. Like, I, of course, enjoyed the movie when it came out for a variety of reasons. It was right in my little, like, nerdy niche and stuff. But when I graduated from college, those first couple of years were really rough because I went to, like, a very competitive journalism program and came out in 2014 when there were no journalism jobs. So, like, my ego got really, really crushed, right? So I'd say I spent those couple of years doing freelance and part-time jobs and kind of aimless. 
And one thing I did was just read Scott Pilgrim over and over and over again because the main character was this 22-year-old who's like lost in life and not quite figuring out what he wants to do yet. But he's also a hopeless romantic, the same way that I was and still am to this day, right? So I saw a lot of myself in the non-problematic parts of Scott Pilgrim as a character because he has so, so many problematic characteristics that I will not claim. I remember, like, I hadn't read it up to that point. So I saw the movie was and loved it, but reading the book... And the graphic novel, there's so many more details in there that you miss out on. Like, you get a whole nice child backstory that's not part of the movie and stuff with her family and everything, and a bunch of other stuff. And also, I was reading it in color because at that time period, they were coming, Nathan Fairburn, I believe, was the colorist who was working on that over time and making the comics and the coloring them and stuff. So that was a lot of fun for me. And also, fun fact that people probably don't know, there's a growing contingent in the black nerd problems community that all have at least one nerd tattoo. And I haven't gotten mine yet. And I do think Scott Pilgrim will be the one that I get something related to that in the near future once tattoo parlors not only open back up, but are actually safe to go to. So, yes, that's how much I care about this fandom. You're only going to get one, man? I have at least I have at least three on me right now. Oh, that's, I'm going to start with one. So, like, I, I want to get something for you, Hakusho or Kuwabara, but, like, I don't want to get a giant spirit sword. So I got to keep brainstorming on that. Okay, okay. I respect that. I am not a tattoo person, but I am a henna tattoo person, and I, like, make my own henna and such, so I could totally see, like, mapping out different sleeves, like, just every summer, just having a different, like, nerd henna sleeve. That would be kind of fun. That sounds fantastic, actually. I love that idea. We're going to talk more about that during your birthday episode at some point in the future. I don't have a birthday. I just came into the world as a goddess. Then I guess we're going to have to celebrate your... <laughs> Ascension? Your, your manifestation day? Is that what manifestation it? day? I like it. Same. I like it. Possibly. Maybe. <laughs> and I think that brings us to our lightning round. As you know, we try to cover the news every week, but we can't get to everything. So here are a few things that we thought you should know about. I want to start with Onyx Equinox, which is a Crunchyroll original set to premiere in summer of 2020, so anytime now. And it is everything you could wish for in an anime, but set in the Aztec civilization in Mexico and Central America. So it's got otherworldly creatures that could either be aliens or possibly creatures from the middle of the earth, or maybe both, but they are very spiky and they can turn into tentacles, so that's always necessary. You've got a lot of scenes of people running and reaching out for things that they're never going to be able to catch, and of course the obligatory young heroes who are overly burdened and questioning why they have been chosen. Another new release is Beyonce's new movie, Black is King, which is dropping on July 31st on Disney+. I am sure it will be beautiful. It will be heralded as a masterpiece. It will be the pinnacle of black excellence. And it will also be an excellent entry into Queen Bee's capitalist stronghold. Speaking of black money, Netflix has pledged to move $100 million into black-owned banks. On first look, you might think that this is another one of those big company performative gestures, but actually this is a really important move that could be really helpful um, because it's putting capital into 
underserved communities into communities where, you know, that's why you don't start things is because you don't have that capital. So moving that moving money into those communities is really important and I think that it's really nice that not only will Netflix throw money at any script you send them but they will also invest in the future of black communities so that's really exciting so that wraps up our show if you'd like to hear our thoughts on these topics or anything else in nerd news feel free to tweet us at black nerd problems with the hashtag TWINN That was This Week in Nerd News. Tune in next week for more pop culture news. I'm your host, Victoria Vertine. I'm your host, Michael Snyder. And I'm your host, Keith Weekly. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Happy birthday! Yay, thank you. Happy birthday.